Welcome to the Dialogue by Wirepoints, connecting the dots between our economy, government, and people. And now your hosts, Ted Dabrowski and Mark Glennon. Hello and welcome to the Dialogue by Wirepoints. This is Mark Glennon. I'm here with my partner, Ted Dabrowski. We have some great news for you today. Contrary to popular opinion, it turns out that money actually does grow on trees. I'd like you to bear with me and listen just for a second to part of a speech by John Yarmouth. He's an important person. He's a congressman from uh, Kentucky, and he is the chairman of the House of Representatives Budget Committee. Here's what he had to say. In this country, because we issue our own currency and because we borrow and spend in our own currency, we can pay for whatever we want to pay for. We just tell the Treasury to pay the bills, to write the checks when the bills come in. We are not like businesses, we are not like families, we are not like state governments, we are not like local governments. We don't have to balance a checkbook. We are like the banker in Monopoly. We create the money, we hand out the money, everybody else plays the game with it. Now, interestingly, also his counterpart in the Senate is Bernie Sanders, an open socialist. He chairs the Senate Budget Committee, so he, of course, believes in pretty much the same thing. Now, in fairness, if you went on to listen to the rest of that speech, Yarmouth talks about modern monetary. That's what he believes in. It's the idea that you can print all the money you want, basically, at the federal level. We're not going to have a wonky conversation about modern monetary theory, but the only constraint on that money printing at the federal level, as he sees it, and as many in Washington now see it, is inflation. But in fact, they don't seem to be too concerned about that. Uh, a dollar from 18 months ago today is worth only 94 cents. And inflation has been worsening, as any consumer knows. What we are going to talk today about is the effect of that kind of attitude towards federal spending on states, particularly states like Illinois that are in bad shape. It's changing the entire structure of government. It's federalizing anything. It's dis displacing your control over state and local government. Ted, why don't you get us started with some of the things that's have resulted from this attitude? Yeah, I think the first thing I do want to do is, is address a little bit of what Yarmouth said. You know, my, my experience in, in finance, I was uh, internationally, I was in Mexico for several years, for six years. I was in Poland for nine and if there's one thing I learned is that just because you print your own currency doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. It, you know, the reality is, is that many countries have blown themselves up by being arrogant about that ability to print their own currency. And so they tried to play all kinds of games uh, by printing more than they ever could afford. And eventually they paid the price. So, uh, you know, it, each state, each country does have a limit to what it can do when it prints its own money. You know, in the case of Mexico, when I was there, uh, 1994, this, the country totally blew up. And, you know, it's always the the poor people who get hurt because the wealthy people figure out how to hedge themselves, protect themselves. But uh, it's destructive when you have the inflation devaluations and things like that. So, you know, we're the U.S. We don't think we'll ever blow up like that. Um, but but it doesn't mean that we can't have bad inflation that's pernicious and it hurts the it hurts the poor and disadvantaged the most. So, yeah, it's something to really think about when when our leaders can be so arrogant about monetary policy like that. 
And then, of course, it has many, many impacts. So the effect, Ted, one of the effects is that the federal government has been just pouring money into states. Uh, $190 billion has come into Illinois alone. Uh, I think it's a total now of uh, $8 trillion at the federal level. Some of that is borrowed money. It comes from the Treasury. Some of it has been created out of thin air by the Federal Reserve Bank. In the last 10, 18 months or so since it started the pandemic, they have created about $4.2 trillion of Fed funding money, uh, over $2 trillion just in the past 12 months. Uh, and when you dump that kind of money on a state, you displace the role of state and local governments. Uh, Ted, Illinois specifically, what have we seen happen here? Well, you know, this has uh, been an interesting thing where we've got Governor Pritzker <laughs> announcing all kinds of expenditures uh, on a daily basis. He, he announced the other day he's got a 40 million workforce recovery program. Uh, again, that's coming from federal money. He's got a 50 million for rebuild Illinois Main Street and downtowns, more federal money. He's talking about more money for uh, bonuses for eligible child care workers. And what it is, is that, you know, COVID has, has allowed uh, the federal government to spend, as, as Mark just mentioned, trillions and, of course, billions in certain states um, to to fund all these programs that otherwise probably wouldn't exist. And what it does is it effectively takes away the control, as, as Mark said, of, of the local governments from controlling it. And, and so, you know, as, as local residents, we can no longer look to our local governments to manage, to, to be smart about money. It's money flowing in from the federal government. And, you know, if there's any problems, the, the local governments just shrug their shoulders and say, hey, it's the feds. They're telling us what to do and how to spend it. Uh, it totally takes away the uh, accountability from local governments. And so now as we record this, there is a, another pending bill falsely called the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill being debated right now in Congress. Uh, President Biden, who supports this, and his colleagues in Congress knew who to come to for additional support on that. They had a conference call with reporters, uh, with, President, with uh, Governor Pritzker, of course, being wildly enthusiastic about another, another dose of federal money to uh, allow him to kick the can on addressing Illinois' underlying structural problems and to fund uh, what are almost daily announcements. Probably every other day we see an announcement and a news story. Governor Pritzker announces a new program for this or that. Well, it's all being paid for with federal money, almost all of it. Uh, so we really have the federal government effectively financing a big message, big part of Governor Pritzker's re-election campaign. Um, Ted, some of those programs in Illinois have um, really just, as I say, displaced the role of the state. Uh, COVID has been used as a pretext for rewriting our federal system. It's entirely changed the relationship that state and local governments have with ordinary people. I mean, is that too an overstatement, Ted? No, I don't think so. I think I think COVID opened up the door for the feds to, to bail out the states like, you know, like the New Jersey's, the Connecticut's, the Illinois. Uh, you know, these are states with the highest tax burdens, the biggest pension debts, the biggest outmigration of population. And, you know, people were wondering how those states were ever going to get bailed out. COVID, of course, created such a blanket bailout that, that that happened. But now you're mentioning the next round. And and now it's it's becoming easier because they're calling this this three and a half trillion package, 
the infrastructure package. And they basically, it's, it's, it's interesting the language they're using. Uh, I, I look at here, SEIU president, Mary Kay Henry, she says, we think that caregiving is an essential American infrastructure. So, you know, child care is an infrastructure, healthcare infrastructure, environmental infrastructure. It goes on and on. And that's how you get to three and a half trillion dollars. And so the way to, to make sure that the, that the people at the top who want to put in their policies out of, out of, out of D.C., just call it, call it infrastructure and that makes it work. Yeah, Ted, there, it's not infrastructure, and it's also not $3.5 trillion, by the way. Uh, more realistic estimates have put it at $4.5 trillion. They've been playing games with this by putting expiration dates on this. But, in fact, these programs are intended by the sponsors to be permanent programs. And it's not just to help people affected by COVID or the poor by any means. Uh, these programs like child care, the child care tax credit, uh, uh, paid, paid vacation time, Pay, paid family leave, rather, uh, paid, paid child care, they reach up into the middle class. People 150, earning $150,000, $200,000 a year, families earning that, uh, will be entitled to significant credits on their tax returns because of this. It's really uh, a step towards making even the middle class government dependence. Well, you know, we're seeing how it's playing out right now. And, uh, you know, if we, if we go back to pre-COVID, Illinois was in trouble. Uh, there were threats of a, of a downgrade to, to junk. Uh, the numbers weren't working. Moody's was threatening to, to downgrade if, uh, if we tried to, to kick, kick the can on pensions again. So fiscal reality was coming. And for those of us who were trying to bring back some fiscal discipline in Illinois, um, you, you could argue we're getting close because the can kicks were, were – they were running out of can kicks. But now, you know, the news has entirely changed. And uh, the Politico covered this earlier this week that, uh, you know, Biden is, is, is parading in Illinois, he's sending all of his staff here. They love what we're doing in Illinois. It kind of mirrors what uh, what Biden wants to do. And, you know, that's we, we've what they claim we've addressed climate change. Right. We have this massive green energy bill. That's a, it's a gargantuan bill in Illinois. Uh, you've got these mandates on, on critical race theory coming down. You've got all these child care initiatives. You've got these massive programs that um, you know, Biden, Biden loves seeing being done in Illinois. And so right now, you know, Biden and Pritzker are embracing themselves because it's a perfect win for, for Pritzker. He's getting bailed out of Illinois' problems. He's getting federal funding for all the things that he thinks are important. And uh, you know, Biden is watching Illinois do everything that uh, Biden thinks is important in this country. And so you know, get out of the way, California. Get out of the way, New York. Here's Illinois. Uh, and that's, that's how, how bad this has gotten. And uh, it's all funded by by trillions and trillions of dollars. Yep, and uh, yeah, they're actually holding up Illinois as a model for for what progressivism should be. I mean, it's it's quite astonishing. I suppose if you think that this this federal money flow can continue, uh, that you could make a case for this, uh, but it's not going to continue. And in any event, even if it did, it would entirely destroy our federal system. And it goes beyond spending programs, Ted. They've got a separate bill, of course, to essentially nationalize uh, the state election process, which constitutionally, historically, has always been left to the domain of the states. There's really no end to this. Um, the, it, you know, some people ask, uh, you almost have to take it seriously, you know, what more could they be doing to destroy the country in some manner that they could reasonably hope to get away with that they aren't doing. I'm not saying 
that's their intention, although it is the intention of some of them. They really don't like America as it is and much of Western civilization. But, you know, we have open borders, crime destroying our major cities, our economy being wrecked by this crazy uh, federal spending, inflation running rampant, uh, free speech under attack, censorship everywhere. You know, it's just one thing after another. And of course, the fiasco in Afghanistan that has, that has totally destroyed our international credibility. Uh, people are really wondering, and you see it on our comment section, what more could they be doing to wreck the country more quickly than they are? Well, it's clearly um, they they have a view of the world and they want that that world imposed on, on everybody. And the, the best way to impose it is always, you know, money is always a, a key to imposing behavior, imposing actions. And, and of course, if you federalize it, then you control all 50 states and you, you, you can start to control some of the rogue states that aren't behaving, that aren't complying, that aren't lining up. And that's that's the big issue. And uh, when you have this much money and I think, you know, it starts with voting. I think you know, voting is one of those principal, you know, it's, it's one of the way we measure our freedom. And if you can start setting the, the mandates, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who don't believe that this massive mail in ballots make sense. And yet this this Freedom to Vote Act, is, uh, as they're calling the new H.R. 1, the H.R. 1, the petite H.R. 1, right? They would uh, make it a federal right to mail a ballot. No excuse needed. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things in these in, in this new election law, if, if it were to pass, that, uh, again, it's imposing a one size fits all on, on what's been a wonderful 50 state you know, federal system. Yeah, I just saw yesterday that Federal Express is now requiring that you show a personal ID card to send anything by Federal Express. Well, <laughs> Federal Express requires it, but if you want to vote, you shouldn't have to show up an identification card. That's that's their viewpoint. Um, and they call that voting rights. And, uh, you know, as if we have any voting rights, uh, given the gerrymandering, which has been outrageous in Illinois, Pritzker just signed off on the new gerrymandered maps in violation of his campaign promise to reform them properly. But it effectively just disenfranchises the vote away from uh, his political enemies. That's all it is. Democracy is not functioning. And by the way, most of what we're talking about is not being talked about in the press. Uh, this this new pending bill is routinely called the three and a half dot million, trillion dollar uh, infrastructure bill. Never any mention of these other things that are in there. And the public just has no understanding of what's going on. You know, there's some magic to the phrase before you know it, it does, when the world changes so fast that you really can't get your arms around how rapidly it's changing, you know, there, there's some cognitive dissonance there. Uh, the, the public, even if they were being told about it, would find it hard to believe. Uh, but the press is not telling them about it. And the political process certainly hasn't responded appropriately yet. Uh, but this is going to dawn on people at some point, and they're not going to like it. Well, it's a, a little bit of that whole discussion of limited government, right? So when you start getting these bills that are, you know, three and a half trillion, it's, it's even hard. The, the concept of three, three and a half trillion is impossible to understand, and, and the numbers don't mean anything anymore. Uh, but certainly the amount of things that are put in these bills, and, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a, an Illinois bill or a California bill or a New Jersey bill, they all do the same thing. And at the federal level, they do it too, right? So if you talk about this three and a half trillion, they call it an infrastructure deal. And who, you know, who can be against infrastructure, right? That's a, a great federal program to build highways and, and all that. But 
you know, they're, they're including, you know, Medicaid funds, they're including child care funds. And uh, if, if you look at it, most of the Green New Deal is, is in that three and a half trillion dollar budget. So uh, it's, it's easy and it's, it's easy to keep people in the dark because nobody's reading that stuff. And even if they try to, it's hard to understand. Nobody can really figure out what's going on anymore. And this is why you don't want a government that becomes so large that it starts imposing all kinds of behaviors, all kinds of spending, all kinds of uh, restrictions because it's got the power of the purse. And climate like COVID is being used as a pretext really just for rewriting basic rules of society. We have this drastic new energy bill, which we'll write about soon, as soon as we can figure out all that's in it. We're still learning. People are only now discovering what's in this. I think it's nearly a thousand page bill, uh, but it's full of equity provisions. I looked at started looking at the bill that the word equity appears 220 times and there are all kinds of mandates um, on the private sector, completely distorting market mechanisms and everything else. Uh, people are going to pay a huge energy uh, bill, a much higher energy bill. No one really knows how, how much higher because it's displacing the market mechanism. Uh, cheaper alternatives like natural gas are being pushed away. Uh, and it's the same thing with, uh, with COVID. Uh, the Bills that they're trying to get across are filled with all kinds of other social justice goals and equity goals, as they call them. Well, you know, you're hitting hitting probably the last one we want to hit is policing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of the equity, the defund the police, and and all that's gone on throughout the country. Uh, you know, difficult times as we know. Uh, but you know, if if Washington could have its choice, it would have again rules that you know policing has been forever a very local thing. Um, you know, you, you know your policeman. It's a, it's a community process. But uh, if Washington could get its way, it would it would turn this into certainly parts of Washington would turn it into a public health uh, public health type uh, force and spend the money that way and, and probably greatly impact the policing we know today. And um, and you know may, maybe some things make sense. You know, like body cameras. But again, is that the kind of stuff we want the national government? You know, pushing down on every local government. They, you know, every government's different. Every city's different, and every, different cities want different things. And so, um, you know, it just doesn't make sense to to one more time federalize the policing because it's a one size fits all. And when they get it wrong at the federal level, it gets it wrong everywhere. That's just not the way we operate. Yeah, and with the police, of course, their hands are already tied by a federal consent decree that uh, guides what they can and can't do, um, which is clearly part of our problem. And yeah. we have. Empty streets in Chicago as a result. Uh, you know, the joke is that even the criminals are afraid to go out now, um, fearing for their lives. Um, but the, the bottom line source of this, Tez, is what we talked about initially, which is this notion that money grows on trees. I mean, that's literally what they believe, not literally, figuratively what they believe. And they're saying it openly. That will not hold up. If life were that simple, governments would have been doing it long ago when they've tried it in the past it has never worked this is going to come to a very bad ending and we'll be covering that as we go along so for now that's all we have at wire points ted you got anything to add i just say you know it's hard to know which is the chicken and which is the egg you know do they want full control and they're using using this uh printing to to get it or if they figure out that they can print money, now they're going to try to take control. But it's uh, one way or the other, it's, uh, it's the same thing. Thank you. Join us next time from Wire Points.